Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. We sure love our pastors, don't we? So grateful for them. My name is Pastor Janae. I'm children's pastor here at Tree, and I'm excited to be with all of you grownups today. <laughs> You're just big kids after all, right? We all are <laughs> just grown-up kids. Um, we are so grateful um, for Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy, and we miss them, and we can't wait to see uh, them back uh, coming next week. Um, and I just want to give honor where honor is due. I am so grateful for Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy for saying yes to the things that God has placed on their hearts and on their lives. And I also wanna give honor where honor is due to Pastor Karen. She doesn't want me to do this, I know, but um, as a little girl here at Tree, I grew up in this church. And so seeing uh, Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy and Pastor Karen uh, and how they have led their lives and how they have followed after the things of God have greatly impacted who I am um, and and in my pursuit of the Lord as well. So I am so grateful. So thank you. And Pastor Don and Jessamy, I know that you're not here, but I know you're online. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I wanna take some time right now and just pray. Pray over uh, the things that Pastor Don mentioned in the video. Um, pray over uh, us as a church. As Pastor mentioned, you know, as, as a church, our job is to be united and to pray for those in authority over us. Our job is to act in love. What would Jesus do? He would love. He would love first. Uh, so as, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, would you pray with me, please? Lord God, I thank you so much for the church. Lord, I thank you that we can pray and that you command us to pray for those who are in authority over us. Lord, I also thank you that we have the responsibility to act in love to everyone, even those who are different from us. Lord, even those that, that may not look, think, or act the same. In fact, you said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I know that my neighbors look very different from me and we are called to love. As the church, we are called to love. We are called to let our light shine before men that the world may see those good deeds and praise you in heaven. So with all the crazy things that are going around, going on in this world, the storms of life, Lord, I thank you that you are our stronghold and you are our strong tower that the righteous can run to and are safe. And Lord, I pray that we as a church would rise up and take our position in prayer, actually that we would fall on our knees in prayer. Lord, because we know, we know that you are on the throne. As pastor mentioned, you are the God of the universe and you change not. Lord, I thank you for the love that encompasses us. Lord, may we also encompass others in that love. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming out today. I don't know about you, but uh, you may be very news weary. Uh, staying up late watching the news coverage wondering if, you know, are they gonna call it? Are they gonna call it? I don't know. <laughs> today though, today I would like to take some time and look at a snapshot in a person's life, a human's life, a human like you and me, and look at a tipping point in this person's life. 
And I wonder if you'll be able to relate. So I know that we're all probably very, very tired right now. So uh, just to spark your brain a little bit, I have a short video, very short video uh, that I'd like to show you before we get started. So if you'll direct your attention to the screen. Whoa, that's pretty cool, huh? So that's called a double domino effect. and it has something to do with the message that I have for you today. So just hold on to that thought in your mind for, for just a little bit. So as we get started, we are looking at the life of Simon Peter. The life of Simon Peter, and, and not the whole thing, because we wouldn't have a whole lot of time for that, but just a snapshot. Um, and, and I'm hoping that it speaks to you as it did for me uh, whenever I was preparing this. Actually, God dropped this on my heart quite a while ago, and it's quite convicting, and I'm wondering... <laughs> if it was for such a time as this. So uh, here we go. Um, Actually, I have this box of props here um, and my notes and my Bible are inside. So I'm gonna bear with me while I open that up real quick. Okay. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five, or find it on your phone. Luke chapter five, and we're gonna read verses one through 11, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. It is my favorite version, and I'm not gonna say that my version is better than yours, but it is. (laughs) I'm sure you have your favorite one as well. And in fact, today I'm gonna actually read from several different versions, so I'm not staying loyal to my favorite. But here we go, let's read together. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, He, meaning Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gisenaret. Now, this lake is also known as the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. Uh, So it's named, um, three different names here. He saw two boats by the lake and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little bit from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And as they came, they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. All right, so a little bit of background to this scripture. A little bit of background and some some just points to notice here. The crowds were pressing in to hear Jesus teach the word of God. His reputation had spread and the multitudes were gathering and Jesus was looking for a place where he can teach. Now, if you think about it back in the day, multitudes meant a whole lot and they didn't have microphones or AV or screens. So finding a place where he could accurately, well, not accurately, but um, um, project the message to where everybody can hear was probably very difficult. So he found himself by the Sea of Galilee and the crowds were pressing in. The crowds were pressing in because Jesus's reputation had preceded him. He had healed so many and people just wanted to have the opportunity. They were curious about who this person was. And and so many people just wanted to touch him because they heard if you just touch the hem of his garment that you could be healed. 
Some people were so curious because the way that he spoke was so different from the way that any of the religious leaders of the time, time spoke. He spoke with authority as if he knew the word of God. <laughs> because he did. He was different from the religious leaders at the time and he was drawing a crowd as a result. And in fact, he had spoken truth in the synagogue and the religious leaders kicked him out. And so he found himself at the Sea of Galilee and people just came wherever Jesus was. So a little bit of background there. And then let's look at Simon, Simon Peter for just a moment. Simon Peter likely knew about Jesus, but he was not yet a disciple of Jesus. So, so get that in your mind real quick. Simon Peter knew about Jesus, but he had not yet become a disciple of Jesus. So he likely saw what Jesus did or heard about what Jesus did or heard Jesus's words, but he didn't exactly know who Jesus was yet. And in fact, Peter probably had, Simon Peter had some personal interaction with Jesus if he was home at the time, because we know that Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. He'd rebuked a fever and she was made well. So there was a little bit of personal interaction too. But we also know, we don't know, we don't know to what extent Peter knew Jesus, except for the fact that he had not yet been called as a disciple of Jesus. We know Jesus's ministry was very personal. He took the time to go into every man's world. And leading up into this point and thereafter, Whenever Jesus healed, he healed on a personal level. It was a face-to-face -face sort of thing. He could have done a mass healing, and in fact, I think one of the only ones he did was whenever he healed the 10 lepers, and the one came back to say thank you. For the most part, it was a one-on-one -on -one kind of healing. So it was very, very personal. We know that about Jesus. And in this set of scripture, Jesus took his eyes off the crowd that was pressing in on him and he put his eyes right on Simon Peter. No pressure there, right? <laughs> now notice Simon Peter's position in this account. He wasn't part of the curious crowds pressing in. He was at work. <laughs> he had just finished, they, they fished at night. So it was morning, he had fished all night. He had just had a really, really bad day. Okay, one more here. Oh, actually two more, okay. They weren't at church. When this account happened, they weren't at church. Jesus showed up to Peter's workplace and basically asked Peter, hey, can I use your desk for a minute? <laughs> so just a very, very personal and very different approach got into Peter's world a little bit. I know it would mine. You have to think about that for a moment. Okay, lastly, um, Simon has two names, Simon Peter. And as a mom, this just really tickled me because I know what it means when someone has two names. We all do. And we all have been called by those two names before. And usually it's not a good thing. As a mom, you know, you might be able to relate. Dads, dads do it too. Um, or maybe you were that kid that got called by the two names. Maybe you still do, I don't know. Maybe you can relate to Simon Peter in this passage. All right, so let's, let's get into this and let's unpack it just a little bit. So if you'll look in chapter five, let's go back to verse four. I'm gonna go back a little bit. Jesus said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
And Simon answered, here's Simon's response. Simon's response to what Jesus has asked him to do. Pay close attention to this one. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. I wonder if you can relate to toiling all night. In the Message Bible, it says this. Master, we fished all night and didn't even catch a minnow. Not even a minnow. The Amplified is my favorite in this one because I can totally relate to some of these things here. Amplified version says, Simon replied, Master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. <laughs> Can you relate? Like Jesus asking you to say, God, what has God asked you to do that you're like, seriously? I've already done that. It didn't work. Not even a little bit. I am so tired. I just want to go home and go to sleep. Right? <laughs> but I will do it again. Yeah, that eye roll. Now, I don't necessarily know uh, Simon's um, motive behind what it was that he said and what he was experiencing, but I do know this. Simon was just being human. Simon was just being human, just like you and just like me. What would be your response if Jesus asked you to do something? <laughs> yes. I don't know, my kids get in trouble if they give me the eye roll. I'm grateful for God's grace whenever I give him the eye roll, right? I should probably give more grace there to my kids. Okay, moving along. <laughs> Simon was just being human and Simon ended up responding to what to me sounds like half-hearted obedience. What Simon could have said, little game of what if here, he could have said, nope, nope. Listen here, carpenter, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing. I'm the professional here. Go build something. Maybe this. I'm too tired. Can you relate? Do you know how long I have been at this, Jesus? I am to the point of exhaustion. I don't want to do it again. Maybe when things slow down a little bit, it's a good one for me, ouch. When things slow down a little bit, I can do what you asked me to do. It's just not the right time right now. I've been busy. We all have a reason why, right? Why we're human. <laughs> but this just really demonstrates why we are human, right? God asks us to do something and we start with the excuses. I've been out of this all night. I'm too tired. I know what I'm doing. I have a plan. I had a plan, it didn't work. Back to the drawing board, right? We all have the opportunity to take Jesus at his word. But go ahead and name that reason. Identify it. What is keeping you 
from doing what God has asked you to do. I think it's important to name it and not minimize it. We are human after all. So what is it for you? Might be different for every person in this room. Go ahead and name it. These were real things that Simon Peter was experiencing. These are real things that you and I experience. However, what I want us to see is Simon's response after he named it. And it's this, but at your word, but at your word. So you name it and then you say, nevertheless, at your word, I will do what you say. And that brings us to the tipping point. Simon's tipping point. So what started this crazy series of events that we just read about is this. Luke chapter five, verses six through nine. And when they had done this, stop right there. Tipping point. When they had done this, when they had done what? When they put the nets into the deep, just like Jesus said, when they acted according to God's word, when they did what didn't make sense just because Jesus asked, when they became a doer of the word and not just a hearer of it. This was Simon Peter's tipping point. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners to the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But he and all who, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So all of a sudden this miracle has brought Peter to the point of having to recognize something. And that is who is this Jesus and who am I that he is in my boat? It was an astonishing catch. He and all who were with him were likely experiencing this great divide here. And, and Peter didn't know exactly who Jesus was, but he knew this. There was something different about Jesus, something great about Jesus and something not great about him. And there was this gap in between and he didn't know what to do with himself in that gap. Who is this Jesus and who am I? You see, it was the goodness of Jesus that caused Simon to react. But his reaction was this, depart from me. Go away from me, I am uncomfortable. Can you see me for who I am? One version says that Peter said, leave me to myself. Leave me to myself with all of my reasons why I don't wanna do what you've asked me to do. I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I've tried it before. I didn't catch anything, not even a little. Leave me to myself, I am a sinner. Again, he sees that gap. Holy God, sinful man, what do I do with this in the middle? 
And he says, go away from me because if I can't see you, you can't see me. You can't see all the things that I've done. You can't see my past. You can't see how I feel. You can't see my inadequacies. You can't see me if you go away from me. Internally, he had to reconcile that gap. And likely he experienced a great number of things. This is just something to throw out there. Maybe pride, shame. Can you relate to this one? Insignificance, anxiety, doubt, rejection, anger. He went from a place from knowing about Jesus, knowing about Jesus to experiencing him on a personal level. And now all of a sudden it's a, what do I do? Yeah, Jesus, I can't because you don't know what I've done. Yeah, Jesus, I'm angry at you. My life didn't look like it was supposed to look. I don't know what to do with this. Can you relate? Do you know what this is? This gap that has formed here. It's Simon recognizing that he needs a savior. This gap between holy God and sinful man. What do we do? We need a savior. And he doesn't know he's looking at him. Simon recognized his need for a savior when he experienced the goodness of God. Do you know what it meant to a fisherman to have a haul like that? That's God's goodness. He caught nothing. And now all of a sudden his boat is so full he's about to sink. Likely, Peter was already calculating before the great catch how much he was gonna lose. Because you see, it was him and those who were with him, so likely he had staff that he had to pay. And since they didn't catch anything, they had nothing to sell, and so he was going to be at a loss. And now the goodness of God happened, and he has this great gain. But it caused him to take a really good look at himself. Who is this Jesus? Who am I? And now what do I do with this gap? And that brings us to the third point. Simon's significance. Luke chapter five, verses 10 and 11 says, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for from now on you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So Simon learned his significance in the kingdom of God, that he had more to do than be a fisherman. I wonder, do you know your significance in the kingdom of God? More to do than being a teacher or a coach or contract work. Simon learned his significance in the kingdom of God at this point. He had something more to do than fish The miracle that he had witnessed was foreshadowing of the events to come. 
With his words, Peter was going to tell the multitudes about who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and what Jesus had already done for Peter. This something was bigger than him, and not remaining a fisherman, but becoming a fisher of men. And I believe that we are all called to do this, to become fisher, fishers of men. So what's stopping you? What's the excuse? I already tried that. I got rejected. Nevertheless, that's your word, Lord. I don't know what to say. I mean, what do you say when Jesus is nudging you? Go tell that person about me. Ah. Uh, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. You see, it's not really about us and what we can do and our significance so much as it is about God's grace and what God has done for us. You can't go wrong with that message. Because it's not the words that you speak so much as it is the message that you bring that changes lives. But if you don't bring it, who's going to? If you don't let down your net for a catch, there's not an opportunity to catch the fish. Nevertheless, at your word, Hear this, the bait is the word of God and God's goodness is the net. We all know this, we were drawn in to this place or into our tipping point with the goodness of God. Some sort of something that he did personally in our lives, whether it was with a word of encouragement from somebody else or an action or maybe even a miracle like this one. You experienced the goodness of God and then you had the ability to respond to that Recognize your need for a savior and then learn that you have significance in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Simon Peter, I have purpose for you. He says to us, I have purpose for you. Let down your nets. Let down your excuses and take me at my word. Go across the street and tell them. That person that's been dropped on your heart, go talk to them. Not about the differences, but about my love. About my goodness. Don't let the excuses stop you. Okay. There's a point to where we have to come to, I believe, as Christ followers that we realize that this life isn't about us. It's about others and taking others and pointing them to Jesus. And whatever tipping point happened with you in order to get you there, I wonder if you might be the tipping point for someone else. Now, before we move on, I wanna show a, a little video clip from The Chosen just to review up until this point, and then we'll take it a little bit further from there. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. 
Well, we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. Hmm. Yeah. It's powerful, powerful message there. What you just witnessed was Peter being caught in the net of God's goodness. 
I wonder, can you relate? Taking Jesus at his word was the trigger for Simon's tipping point, and he experienced the goodness of God. That fishing miracle. And God's goodness caused Simon to examine his own heart and recognize his need for a savior. And Simon learns his significance in the kingdom of God to tell as many people about Jesus as possible. I wonder, where are you in this tipping point story? We are all human. The last point here is Simon's humanity and Jesus' grace. You see, after these things, and Jesus follow, or Peter followed Jesus and witnessed many miracles and signs and wonders, and the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and Peter proclaims his loyalty and faithfulness to Jesus, and then denies him three times. And Jesus was crucified, buried, and then rose and appeared to his disciples three times. But still, Peter was likely dealing with the guilt, maybe anger towards himself because he had denied Jesus with his words. And then in John 21, chapter 21, there is an account of another miracle that Jesus performs and it's a repeat of this one that you just saw. Now, why Jesus chooses to do it in this way, I don't know. But I do know this. It shows us his great grace. Our humanity and his great grace. Because you see, they had been out fishing all night. They caught nothing. And one of the disciples hears something from the shore. Children, have you caught any fish? And they say, no. And he said, cast your net on the other side. And they took him at his word and there was a great catch. And at this point, Simon again experienced the goodness of God. He recognized Jesus for who he was. And this time he didn't say, depart from me. He jumped out of the boat and swam to Jesus because he knew the goodness of God. He was desperate to get back to Jesus. No excuses this time. There were none. It was at your word. I believe that Simon Peter needed a reminder of his significance in the kingdom of God. He needed a reminder of the grace of God. He needed to know that there was absolutely nothing that he could do to keep him from Jesus. He couldn't mess it up too bad. He needed that connection with him once more. And he was not going to let the water stop. I actually wonder this. You know how sometimes we do things in our own, um, with our own plan without first seeking God. I wonder if Peter jumped out of that boat thinking, hey, I'm gonna walk on water again. <laughs> he didn't, he sunk, but that didn't stop him from going right to Jesus. Right to Jesus and experiencing again God's grace. This time, instead of him saying, leave me to myself, he runs to Jesus. It's a beautiful picture of redemption and God's love for us. 
And listen, while performing either one of these miracles, Jesus could have commanded the fish to jump into the boat and to skip the human interaction and just declare his goodness, but he didn't. He waited for a response. He waited for Peter to take him at his word. And I wonder, what does this look like for you? What is your response to Jesus? I wonder if you are curious about the goodness of God and you are here because you heard about him. You wanna know more. And like the crowds, you were pressing in. I wonder if this goodness of God has caused you to recognize your need for a savior. You see holy God and you see sinful self and you wonder, what do I do with this gap? I wonder, do you see that he has a good plan, path and purpose for your life? I wonder, do you know? Yes, you, fellow human, (laughs) the significance that you have in the kingdom of God. What is your tipping point today? The response is yours. Let down your net. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.